couple weeks ago, we were on our senior trip, and we had an absolutely amazing time. Um, a good part of the time, we ended up playing volleyball, and for whatever reason, it started off by being girls versus boys, and the girls were very determined to beat us, and of course, we just started destroying them. And so, there's four girls and four boys, and so, it was, it was pretty evenly matched, but I was on that side, so that made it unfair completely. Um, I think one game, we actually played everyone versus me, and I won, um, but we won't talk about that. But we actually had a couple of really fun games, and after we'd beaten the girls twice, I told them, look, girls, we need to switch up these teams. This isn't even fun anymore. And they were like, no, we're going to beat you guys. So I told them, if we're going to play one more time, there needs to be a consequence if you lose. And so we started thinking about different dares that they would have to do if we beat them again. And so we were throwing out ridiculous things. I think one of the things that I threw out was like, they all have to punch each other in the face or something like really good like that and embarrass themselves. And uh, we ended up going with that if the, we beat the girls, they, they would have to feed us lunch, that we weren't allowed to touch anything, that they would need to, like, cut our food. They were going to serve it to us. They were going to do everything. We weren't even allowed to, like, grab our drink. They had to give everything to us. And so it was really awkward. Like, I thought it was, like, funny for, like, us, but I felt just as weird as they did. Like, people are looking at us, and they're laughing. And I don't like it because I like to be in control of things. I don't like to surrender control. I want to decide what my next move is. And I felt like a little child almost, like I was totally out of control. But you know who loved it? Diego. (laughs) Diego loved it. And multiple times he said this, man, I could really get used to this. At one point, I'm not joking, he put his hands behind his head and just was enjoying it. I was like, Diego, you are making this really weird right now. Like, I feel uncomfortable about this. And, you know, we were kind of joking. Like, the only thing that Diego is ever going to want from his wife one day when he meets a woman is that she'll feed him. Like, while he's playing video games, she'll just, like, feed him snacks and stuff. But I was not a big fan of that because I like control. I don't like to let go of things. I don't like to surrender things. I want to be the one that's in control. And what I want to talk to you guys about tonight is something that I think God is calling us to surrender to him. And something that a lot of you guys are really holding on to tight tonight. And there's a lot of different things that we could talk about, things that we're holding on to in our lives that God is calling us to surrender. But this one is really big. And as I was praying about what to speak about tonight, God really put this on my heart. And I've been talking to a lot of you guys throughout this year, and I've just heard this theme come up again and again. And I get it. You guys are in a really tough stage in life. High school, middle school is really difficult. And it's really easy to let unforgiveness grow in your heart. It's really easy to let that bitterness and holding a grudge take a place in your life. And so as I've been talking to you guys, I've just been hearing story after story. And I just felt like God really wants you guys to surrender that part of your life. And I'm going to be a little bit tough tonight. And I hope that you know it's in love. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to beat up on you. I'm not calling anyone out. I don't have any one person in mind tonight. But I just want you to find healing. And I know if you keep going on the course that you are on now, it's just going to get more difficult. And here's the first thing that we need to talk about. And here's what I, I want you to know is I get it that some of you have been really, really hurt. And that pain has been really difficult to live with. I get that part of it. I'm not trying to minimize your pain. I hate pain. There's no one that tries to avoid it more than I do. A couple weeks ago, someone stopped at the church because they'd gotten a flat tire. It was this elderly man, and 
I don't, we're not really sure if it was his girlfriend or his friend or daughter, but he was with a younger woman, and I had to help them change their tire, and the tire was messed up big time. It was just completely destroyed, and I didn't have any tools with me. I didn't have anything, so I was really working on this thing, trying to get it off, and as I went to go pull it off, it was so destroyed that there were like these little metal shards in the side of the tire, and when I stuck my hand into it, a whole bunch of them went into my hand, and it hurt really bad, but I couldn't show any weakness because I'm a man. So I kept powering through. I played softball that night, and I was finally like, Jess, like, do you think I can live with this in my hand, or am I going to have to deal with this? And she's like, no, you have to deal with this. Now, Jess is sick. She loves to hurt me. Like, she enjoys pain. And so I was like, man, is there anyone I can I call? Like, can Jamie come over and help take these out? Because Jess is going to enjoy taking this out of my hand. Because uh, she loves seeing me in pain. And so literally I had about like 15 things in my hand. And she was like giggling as she was like pulling them out. Like she was just laughing, enjoying it so much. And it really hurt to have to do all those things. And you know what? I, I don't necessarily enjoy having to do this. But if I know if you don't deal with this issue in your life, it's just going to make things way worse for you. And that's why we have to go head on to the pain tonight. That's why for some of you, you're going to have to deal with some painful memories as I'm speaking. Things are going to start popping into your head that you've suppressed. Things that you don't want to deal with or think about are going to come to your mind as we work through the scriptures in just a little bit. But you need to deal with these things because it's just going to get worse. You know, unforgiveness isn't justified. We think it is because we've been hurt so badly that we can justify it because we've suffered so much. But God has something so different in mind when it comes to forgiving people in our lives. And you know, the world says that if you forgive, you're weak. That you're just someone who lets people walk all over. You need to make a stand for yourself. What if I told you the world couldn't have it more wrong? What if it takes someone who's really strong to forgive? I've seen that in almost every case in my life, that it takes someone really strong. And let me ask you this question. What's the unforgiveness done for you lately? Does it make the pain go away? It doesn't, if we're just being honest with ourselves. We feel like we're in control when we're holding on to that unforgiveness. But it doesn't make anything different. It doesn't make the pain go away. The sleepless nights and the memories played over and over in your mind of different ways that people have hurt you guys. Let's talk about some of these different ways that maybe some of you guys have been hurt. Some of you guys have been lied to. Some of you guys have been abused really serious thing. Some of you guys have been cheated on. Some of you guys know what it's like to be stabbed in the back by a friend. Some of you guys know what it's like to be made fun of in a group of people and just destroyed by one of your best friends. The list goes on and on and on. Really painful things. But holding on to that unforgiveness isn't going to make what they did go away. It's not going to change anything. Someone once said this, about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like eating rat poison and expecting the rat to die. Every time we hold on to unforgiveness, we think if we, if we can just get this in our hearts deep enough that this other person is going to suffer because I'm so mad at them. Guess what? That other person could care less about the unforgiveness in your heart. They probably don't even know it's there. So you are the only person that is suffering and unforgiveness is killing you. Holding that grudge is rotting you away on the inside. And so I want something for you guys tonight. 
And the question is, will you be able to let go? Will you be able to trust God with this part where you are so wounded and so hurt? And that's not going to be easy for some of you guys tonight. Because surrender normally isn't easy. But it's always worth it. Because God always has your best in mind. And I I pray that you guys get this and you learn this right now. It's that there are no perfect people. People are going to wound you. They are going to hurt you. I will wound you. The people closest to you are going to do things that really hurt. Things that are messed up. Because we live in a messed up world. And none of us are perfect. There was one perfect person who lived and walked on this earth. Everyone else is very, falls very far short of that. And I hope that you guys know that, that people aren't perfect. And so don't, don't idolize anyone ever because people will always go underneath your expectations. And so I want you guys to know that people aren't perfect. And so will you meet them with compassion when they fail you, when they hurt you? Or will you meet them with unforgiveness and bitterness and anger? The question is really up to you. And there's just so much at stake with this, guys. Some of the most miserable people that you meet in your life are people that hold on to unforgiveness. See, it started with something small and it grew in their life and constantly got bigger and worse and worse. And the next thing that they know is they're living all alone. They are a crazy cat lady that yells at Dr. Phil on TV all day long. Like, it could happen to you if you let unforgiveness grow in your heart. It's a prison that wants to trap you guys and keep you all alone. C.S. Lewis said this, and I I just think it's so powerful. And I hope it really uh, wakes some of you guys up tonight. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything in your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it up carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. But to love, to love is to be vulnerable. And we all want love. And we all want to experience it. And so just going into it, just to rule and living in this broken world, is that you're going to get hurt if you choose to love. It's part of it. But don't stop loving just because you've been hurt before. Choose to keep loving. And in just a moment, we're going to see why you should choose to keep loving and forgiving people when they have hurt you so deeply. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 18. And this is what it says in verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. I love who's asking this question. It's Peter. And he would soon know what it was like to really need forgiveness from Jesus. And part of me thinks that he really was trying to impress Jesus with this answer. See, most of the Pharisees and scribes taught that you would have to forgive someone three times. And there was a whole process of working out that forgiveness. First, you would approach the person and you would try to work forgiveness out. And if that didn't work, you would get someone to watch over it. And if they still weren't able to come to a reconciliation, then you would go in front of the church. And if that didn't work, then you can just split. You can kind of do your own thing. You could just move on and just live with that. And so Peter is kind of being bold. He thinks he's going to impress Jesus. And he goes, Jesus, 
Look how good I am. I'll forgive someone up to seven times. And he thinks he's really going to blow Jesus away with this. And then this is what Jesus says. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And here's what Jesus is saying right here. Because he's not trying to put a number on forgiveness. Jesus is saying, Peter, Peter, you are missing the point complete, completely. 70 times seven. That is, as often as there is an occasion, is what Jesus was trying to say. A certain number is put for an uncertain outcome. Jesus wasn't just saying that you can forgive someone 70 times 7. And you know, I, he chooses 7, even though Peter started with that, to show something else. 7 is the number of completion. And so he's saying, completely forgive people at all times. See, because Peter was focused on the how. But Jesus says, focus on the why. He was so focused on how many times and how do I forgive? But Jesus is saying, focus on the why you forgive. And in just a moment, he's about to school all the people that are listening. But you and I, we're focused on the how. How could I possibly forgive this person? How could I ever do this? This just hurts way too deeply. And I understand that. I get that, guys, that you don't want to move on from what happened to you because you're scared about being vulnerable again. But Jesus is going to teach us something so much better. And if we will take this teaching and we will let it deep into our hearts, maybe something could happen with those wounds that we've been holding so tightly too. Maybe God actually knows what he's talking about. But Peter was focused on the how, but Jesus is focused on the why. And this is what it says In verse 23, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, as soon as Jesus says 10,000 talents, everyone in the crowd perks up. This is a ridiculous number to throw out. It's like if me and you were talking today and you said that someone owed you like $10 billion. This was an absurd amount of money to owe someone. And Jesus is going to make a really big point with this. And it's so important that you remember what I'm saying right now, that this was completely ridiculous. To owe someone something like that would be to never truly be able to pay them back. This was something that this man could never achieve, no matter how much he worked, no matter how much he strived, it would be almost impossible for him to get together all this money. But somehow, he had spent all of it, and he had owed this king all of this money. This is what it says in verse 25. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife, and children, and all that he had, and that payment must be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. This man is doomed. This can never happen. Even if he had the best full-time job, even if his wife got a job, and all of his kids worked for their whole lifetime, there was a good chance that they would never be able to come up with all of this money. And so he's pleading for mercy before the king. This is what it says in verse 27. Then the master of that servant who was moved with compassion released him and forgave him the debt. The king does something amazing right here. 
He completely forgives the debt. The man doesn't even have to pay back part of it. He is completely released from this. This, guys, is a picture of you and I. There's a debt that you and I could never pay back to God. All the wrong things that we have ever done, we can never make up for them. You could work your whole life trying to do good things and it wouldn't even come close to paying Jesus back. You would never be able to enter into heaven. There would never be forgiveness of your sins. But he has had compassion on you and I. And he has forgiven the things that we are so terrified of. The things that haunt us sometimes. Every wrong thing that you have ever done. That thing that you looked at. That you know that you shouldn't have looked at. That lie that you told. That gossip that you spoke that place that you went where you know that you had no business going, those things that you put in your body, all the things that leave you so broken inside that you begged him for compassion for, he forgave and had a huge price to himself. And here's what I know. A lot of you are going, Joey, I know this story. I've heard it so many times. And if that is your reaction to what I am saying right now, what I want to say to you is that maybe you don't know it like you think you do. Maybe your mind knows it, but your heart doesn't. Because when I hear that and I think about all the messed up things that I have done, I go, wow, thank you, Jesus. I could never work towards that. And lately, I just feel like the enemy has been saying different things to me. I feel like he's been telling me, you know, Joey, maybe if you did this and you did this, God would be more willing to look past some of these things in your life. And I know truth. I preach truth all the time. And yet I can find myself thinking that maybe I can be holy enough sometimes, that maybe I can work my way back to God, but there is no working your way back to God. If you really know this forgiveness, and you go, wow, man, thank you so much, Jesus. I'm so blown away by it. Don't ever let it get old to you because it never gets old to Jesus because he paid a huge price for it. And I pray that you would never let yourself get to that place. And so the master does the unthinkable. He forgives this servant who owed him so very much. And then this is what it says in verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Let's stop right there for a second. The servant has a decision to make. And I want you to catch that this is a different amount of money. This wasn't talents. This was denarii. And this was a much smaller amount. This could not, this could easily be paid back. It's like if someone owed you $100. And I know maybe that number sounds big to you guys, but it's really not compared to that number that we talked about before. It was something that was easily forgivable. And this servant has a choice to look at the grace that he was just given or to show this person condemnation and anger and unforgiveness. And so let's see what this person does. And he would not forgive him. 
but he took him and threw him into prison till he could pay back the entire debt. So messed up, right? I think we all look at this story and we say, man, what a jerk. Can I get in your face for a second? I am the unforgiving servant sometimes. You are that jerk sometimes. It's really easy to see it in this story when it's written out for us. But there are countless people in all of our lives that we are not meeting with radical grace like now, like radical grace that we have been shown. And so we are this person in this story far too often. And if we're going to continue to call ourselves Christians, then this needs to change, guys. And something needs to be different. And I know what the enemy is whispering in your mind right now. But it hurt so bad. But it was so messed up. But it was so horrible. If Joey knew what that person did to you, he wouldn't be saying this. Yeah, I would still be saying this. So in the most extreme case possible, I would be saying this. Not because I just want to wash over your thing that you were going through, that pain, but because I know that there's something on the other side. And as we continue to work through it, we're going to see it. But don't be this person. I know because I've been this person so often. And let's see what happens once word gets out of how he is treating this servant that owes him a little bit of money. This is what it says in verse 31. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to each of you from his heart, each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. See, guys, we want grace from God, but we want justice from everyone else. We go into God's presence and we say, God, forgive me, cleanse me. God, I can't believe I looked at that thing again. I can't believe I did that thing again. God, forgive me. And then at the same breath, we walk out of that prayer and we meet the people that have wronged us and we say, you have to pay me back. And that's not what God wants. And in fact, that breaks God's heart. He says that people that really know my forgiveness They would never live like that. And so Jesus isn't saying in this parable that you can earn forgiveness because it almost sounds like that. It almost sounds like, all right, you you need to earn it by forgiving everyone else. No, it is still a free gift. This is what he's saying, is that people that really know that they are forgiven will gladly forgive. It will naturally happen in their life and in their heart when they realize all that I have done for them will naturally forgive other people. And you know what, maybe you're saying, man, this isn't me. I've messed up so big. Jesus meets you with forgiveness, even right now. Even if you did something right before you came to someone, even if you've been holding on to that for the last 10 years, two years, whatever it's been, this is your moment right now to deal with it. This is your chance to not be like the unforgiving servant. This is your chance to be like the king. Can I tell you guys something? There is nothing quite like that. When you release someone from something that they have done from you, that is so painful, 
and is so hurtful. There is something that happens in your heart that God does by his Holy Spirit that heals wounds faster and better than anything else that I have ever seen in my entire life. When you choose to release that issue and you surrender it to God, he begins to put those pieces back together like they never could be if you were holding on to that unforgiveness. And so there's this transfer that takes place. When you let go and you surrender to God, he begins to heal and he begins to put those pieces back together. It's not just because it's the right thing or it's the good thing. He knows it's the thing that's going to heal you and bring you closer to him. And so I want to tell you guys about something that happened in my life. Um, There was someone in my life who did something really messed up. And I met this person with a ton of self-righteousness. I threw the law at them. And I was so angry with them. And I didn't treat them like Jesus would at all. And I judged their actions. And I was mad at them and I held it in my heart. And you know what? God broke me down. And you know the way that he'll break you down is if you don't show forgiveness to other people, he'll get you to a place where you really need forgiveness desperately. Where you need to know what it is to be forgiven. And I had to go through something really difficult to see that that person was just another human who made a mistake, that loved the Lord, but just fell short in their life. And it took a lot of humbling in my life, and God broke me down. And my prayer is that you wouldn't have to get to that part, because God was saving me from something so much worse. He was saving me from really becoming that self-righteous Pharisee that was the unforgiving servant. And sometimes it hurts when God has to do something like that in your life. And then I saw things differently in my life. And my prayer is that you would learn this now. And from that day forth, guys, I'm almost excited to forgive people because now I realize what God has truly forgiven me of. I get it now. It it clicks. See, I had always lived my life so self-righteously. I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I had all the answers. But sometimes you don't know until you're broken how much you truly need God's grace. And some of you know what that's like. And some people have pushed you away because of ways that you have fallen short, said that you're a failure and that they'll never forgive you. God forgives you first and foremost. Be broken over your sin. Call out to him and he forgives you. And I promise that it can change things in your life, even if someone else won't meet you with it. Most importantly, that God forgives you. But my prayer for you guys is that you wouldn't let it get to that point. C.S. Lewis also said this. He said, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable in others because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. That's the worst of the worst. The most painful things that you guys have been through. He says, you gotta forgive it because God has forgiven it in you. Talking about really messed up things. And now, if some of you guys have been abused before, you forgive that abuse. But that doesn't mean that you have to get back into that relationship. That doesn't mean you have to let that back into your life. You can forgive things from a distance and you can find that healing and move on if you'll surrender it to him. And some of you guys tonight, 
And I've been saying this a lot the last year because God's really been putting it on my heart. But the person that you need to forgive tonight is yourself. You've been thinking about everyone else, playing everyone else in your head. But you've done some really bad things. And you can't look at that person in the mirror. That person that you need to forgive tonight is you. You are setting yourself up as a higher counsel every time that you choose not to forgive yourself when God has chosen to freely give you forgiveness. You are saying that you are greater than him every time you choose not to forgive yourself when he has freely poured out his blood for your forgiveness. So you can forgive yourself and you can move on. And so here's tonight's bottom line, guys. Forgiveness is releasing the person who wronged you and realizing you were the one imprisoned all along. It's letting that person go and realizing, man, I was the one who was really imprisoned by this unforgiveness. And it will change everything. It has the power to change this world, guys. Forgiven people forgive. It's just what naturally should come to our hearts. I want us to be excited about forgiving people. And I know that's a radical, crazy thing. But people are going to fall short. Love them anyway. They need it. This world needs it. We all are so messed up. We all have these sinful natures that we are fighting every single day in and day out. Have grace. Have compassion and love like Jesus would. Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you so much for tonight. And I thank you for your radical love that saved a wretch like me. And there are people in this room tonight, God, who just feel like they can't let it go. And I pray as we just go into this next song, Jesus, that you would slowly just break those chains that are wrapped over their life. That you would tell them it's okay. That you would wrap your loving arms around them and begin to heal those wounds that are so deep, God. That you would set free people who are so imprisoned by this. God, help them before, God, they are just so deep and so far into a pit that it feels like they'll never be able to get out. Rescue them at this young age, God. Teach them what it is, Jesus, to show radical grace at a young age, God. To be crazy about forgiveness. To be crazy about grace because we have a God who is so crazy about pouring out his love and his forgiveness. Jesus, I pray for the person who just can't forgive themselves tonight, God. That they would realize that you have forgiven them. That their emotions are not truth, that their feelings are not truth, that your word is truth. And we now have an advocate with the Father through Jesus. By his blood, we are made whole, that all who believe are saved and set free and made new, that the old is gone and the new has come, no matter how many times it happens, that the old is always done with and the new is here to stay, that all you ever do, Jesus, change the old that day by day we are being made new. And I pray that these would be people that choose to live live differently, God, that choose to forgive radical debts that are against them, that choose to live in love and find the peace and the joy and the life that comes with that. pray, Jesus, that you would heal relationships with parents tonight, God. I pray that you would heal relationships with friends and siblings, God, that you would do what only you can do, that you would bring about restoration. Pray, God, that we would truly forgive.